It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, November 16th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Two of the Coast Guard crew members who were involved in a helicopter crash in southeast Alaska late Monday night were released from the hospital Wednesday. According to a Coast Guard press release, the other two crew members with severe injuries remain hospitalized in Washington state, but their conditions have improved. The crew from Air Station Sitka was on a search and rescue mission, responding to a fishing boat that was taking on water near Farragut Bay, about 20 miles northwest of Petersburg, when their helicopter crashed on Reed Island. While Petersburg's search and rescue team and Coast Guard crews responded to the downed helicopter, the Coast Guard cutter Elderberry oversaw the dewatering of the fishing vessel Lydia Marie and escorted the boat back to Petersburg. The Coast Guard has not released the names of the crew members or any information on what may have caused the crash, though weather conditions at the time of the accident included reduced visibility in the area from rain and snowstorms and up to 45 miles per hour winds. An investigation into the crash is ongoing. In a split vote, Sitka's Assembly has decided to share $1 million in excess sales revenue with the public in the form of utility credits. As KCAW's Catherine Rose reports, the move comes after a record summer tour season left local government with an unusual decision, how best to spend the extra cash. Sitka had 585,000 cruise visitors last summer many of whom likely purchased a tour, a meal, or a souvenir while in town, resulting in a sales tax windfall for local government. In September, the Assembly put $4 million of the surplus into a sinking fund for future infrastructure repairs. More recently, sponsors of the ordinance proposed taking another $1 million of the surplus and distributing it to Sitkins this winter through a one-time $300 utility credit for residential customers. Assemblymember Kevin Mosher wanted to show Sitkin's appreciation after an unusually busy summer. In my mind, as one of the sponsors, it was to provide a one-time benefit to say thank you to the community because um, it, although tourism is bringing a lot of benefit, it also brings some things that are uncomfortable and difficult and, and the traffic. And it was, it was a lot of people downtown this summer and, um, and in other ways. So it was an attempt to say thank you. But the move was concerning for Claudia Lassess, who worried about drawing down the city's reserves. It's, to me, really difficult to think that you would want to just give away the tax dollars that we earned in a high year, knowing that we may not earn that again. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. City Finance Director Melissa Haley said that the city held adequate savings, which would not be jeopardized by the draw. But Assemblymember Tor Christensen felt if the $1 million credit was truly excess, it should also go back into the infrastructure sinking fund. 13 years on the Assembly I've had now, every year we've had some sort of emergency spending we've had to do. Every year. Something, to varying degrees. Last year it was was the heat pumps at Blatchley. The idea of bringing down reserves to the low end of the range makes me very nervous. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis said he felt like the city's reserves are where they should be. And while the assembly periodically raises utility rates to keep up with inflation and maintenance, Eisenbeis was excited for a rare opportunity to cut those bills down. 
I've, I've been uh, sitting on this uh, board for uh, starting 10 years now, and I've never had an opportunity to reduce costs to the citizens. Uh, it's talked about, it's almost as a pipe dream that, uh, you know, once government has an, an appetite for, for your cash, it'll never go away. I understand that sentiment, and uh, you know, this, is, this is an opportunity we have to, to help reduce costs for our, our citizens. It was the second time the one-time utility credit had been on the agenda, and most assembly members still favored the plan. But while Scott Saline had approved the measure on first reading, on the final vote he said he felt like the money could be better spent elsewhere. I got a pink slip last month. I could use it, but I'm voting no because we could get some morale back into the electrical department. This money could be used for the future. It sounds good. I love it. I'm torn too, but get some leadership in that electrical department. There's a lot of stuff that could help the city make next year better in the future. The $300 utility credit passed on a 5-2 to two vote with Assemblymembers Scott Saline and Tor Christensen opposed. The one-time payment will be applied to qualifying residential utility accounts this December. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Sitka's Community Land Trust has perfected a model for connecting moderate-income home buyers with financing to build an affordable home. The SCLT has built and sold eight of 14 proposed one- to three-bedroom cottages in a development on Sitka's Halibut Point Road and has a wait list of buyers for the next seven. There are also plans for a fourplex of rental units on the site. But the Sitka Community Land Trust can't operate this way indefinitely, not without more land. In a presentation Wednesday as part of the Sitka Chamber of Commerce's Fall Speaker Series on Housing, SCLT co-director Randy Huey outlined some of the challenges facing the trust as it looks to the future after the completion of its cottage neighborhood. He described building affordable housing as being not a problem of construction, but a problem of financing. In the following excerpt, he explains how the root of the financing problem is the cost of developing land. If you have to develop the site, put in the roads and put in the utilities, you cannot produce affordable housing if the cost of that development is assigned to the houses. Can't be done. Sorry, the math's doubly, twice as expensive as is reasonable. You have to find uh, grants, subsidies, some way or another to put the infrastructure in in order to create the houses. The $280,000 home that we're selling has $35,000 of subsidy from the Rasmussen Foundation, plus the value of the land, which was free from the city. And it's still $280,000, right? So the city could give us, or the state, a vast tract of land, and without some serious money, we can't turn that into houses, is the bottom line. There has to be, but if you think about it, the people on Edgecombe Drive did not pay for the development of Edgecombe Drive. They didn't build that road and put in that street and put in the utilities. Nobody does that, right? Uh, public entities put in infrastructure in, on public land to create housing. So it's just, it's the same as anyone else. This isn't particular because we're a nonprofit. Uh, nobody else is paying those costs either, but they are big. 
That's Randy Huey, co-director of the Sitka Community Land Trust, speaking to the Sitka Chamber of Commerce on Wednesday. Huey was joined by First Bank's Sarah Allison, also a board member of the SCLT, and Don Wesley, who described the various financing options for buyers of land trust property. Huey said a significant barrier to creating more housing was that Sitka was hemmed in by government-owned land. He concluded by saying... The biggest economic problem and demographic problem the community faces is affordable housing. It's in the best interest of all of us, one way or another, to get land into housing. The Clinkett and Haida Regional Housing Authority has won a $2 million grant to help tribal citizens in southeast Alaska become homeowners. As KTOO's Katie Anastas reports, the funding will help low-income tribal citizens qualify for mortgage loans and build homes. The Housing Authority's Success Starts With Me program helps tribal citizens qualify for mortgage loans and make down payments. President and CEO Jacqueline Peta says homeownership helps create stability and a sense of responsibility. It's a shift in mindset. It's a shift about, you know, when that father and that son lay that floor in their house together or paint the walls, they, they have a sense of pride and ownership. Clinkett Haida Regional Housing Authority partners with 12 tribes in southeast Alaska, including those in Petersburg, Wrangell, and Skagway. In 2019, they asked tribal citizens what they needed most. And the tribes all said, we need more housing, we need home ownership, we want to give our people this opportunity. COVID funding helped the Housing Authority kick off Success Starts With Me, which also offers financial education and lessons on home maintenance. So far, the Housing Authority has built 10 homes in Angoon, Cake, and Klawak through the program. Peta says some of the workers who built the homes then ended up buying them with the program's help. Four more homes are under construction in Angoon, Cake, and Kassan. The program also supports tribal citizens who want to buy existing homes. Peta says one tribal citizen has done that in Juneau. That was a better and more affordable choice than building a new home. Cost of construction is higher than sometimes the homes you can buy off the marketplace. Success Starts With Me got a $2 million funding boost this week. The grant comes from the Housing Affordability Breakthrough Challenge, a nationwide competition put on by the Wells Fargo Foundation and the nonprofit Enterprise Community Partners. The Housing Authority is one of six winners and was the only Alaska-based semifinalist out of more than 400 applicants. Christy Smith oversees the competition. She says the six winners form a cohort that will meet quarterly to discuss the successes and challenges of their projects and how they might work in each other's communities. The Breakthrough Challenge is not about one idea in one place that only, you know, supports one community. It's about how can we create new solutions for the broader field. Other winners include a workforce development high school in Birmingham and a modular home manufacturer in Pittsburgh. Semi-finalists traveled to Washington, D.C. to pitch their ideas. Peta says she was inspired by the other presenters. There was just a lot of really innovative, creative ideas. And I'm, I'm looking forward to ongoing dialogue and to um, learn from them. The Housing Authority's goal is to help more than 100 tribal families in southeast Alaska become homeowners. In Juneau, I'm Katie Anastas. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. Mm-hmm.